0: Hello, welcome to the Club Soda podcast. I'm Drew Yeager. One of the things which I really appreciate about our work in Club Soda is that we are willing to talk to anyone who can help us make the world a better place for people who want to cut down or take a break or stop drinking altogether. And that means, quite surprisingly, that we've got pretty good relationships with much of the alcohol industry. And that is quite An unusual position for an organisation like ours to find in, but it really comes from the fact that we think that everyone has a role to play in making the world a better place for mindful drinkers. And we are, as I say, genuinely willing to talk to anyone who can help us achieve that goal. One of the things that we have been doing over the past couple of years is working with the Drinks Trust. They're a UK-based charity that supports people uh, working in the drinks industry in the UK. And if you work or have worked anywhere in the drinks industry, anywhere from pubs to production, you can actually take one of our in-depth courses completely free of charge thanks to support from the Drinks Trust. And you can find out more about that on our website at joinclubsoda.com. Anyway, one of the other kind of groups that we are really super interested in is bartenders. I had an experience recently of uh, going into a venue for the first time that I didn't know very well and having a conversation with the person behind the bar. And it was just such a lovely reminder that they were on my side, that they could help me find an alcohol-free drink that I really wanted and wanted to enjoy and that they were um, wanting to have wanting for me to have the best possible time they weren't interested in getting me drunk or pushing alcohol on me they actually just wanted to serve me a drink which i really enjoyed there is so much to be gained by having a conversation with the people behind the bar whether you're going out to a pub or a bar or a restaurant finding out about what they can offer you what's available alcohol free there's so much good stuff around this week on the Club Soda Podcast, we're revisiting a conversation which was hosted by Camille Vidal, founder of La Maison Wellness. She got together a group of bartenders, Claire Best, Alex King and Desi Yatigamana, um, to talk about th- building a more sustainable hospitality industry, what it's like working behind a bar and how we can all work together to help more of us drink more mindfully and live well. Anyway, here it is.
1: I am here in London um, with probably some of my favorite people in the industry here in London. So super, super excited to share this Aww. conversation uh, with you all. Um, Claire, Alex, and, uh, and Desi. And um, and I'm really excited to bring this conversation. I think that's you know something that like I've been doing for for a while now in the industry, having spent myself like the past 15 years in hospitality industry. Not 15 years of being, you know, balanced and uh, and more on the healthy head on this side, but uh, but 15 years in sharing the the passion in this industry, and uh, and I will say that like for the past probably five six years. seven years maybe, like balance has been something that I've really, really wanted to promote and wellness that I wanted to to share and expand in our industry because I really believe that we work in such an incredible industry and hospitality industry, but there is a lot of work to do in in terms of finding balance and there's definitely ways that we can improve. Um, I think that we also have had the reputation as bartenders of being... Um, how would you say it? Um, well, Desi, what's your nickname?
2: Designated yeah. party star. There
1: we go. So I think <laughs> that we are known for being, you know, the party people, the people that are, um, lighting the room, hosting, you know, the, the bar, like on the stage and, uh, mm-hmm. and definitely loving this, like, um, excitement and how to like you know throw a good party and uh, a and host a venue and uh and that's definitely a passion that we want to to keep and that's something that like we we want to to still be able to host people but i think that like we we also as hospitality industry professional needs to find a bit more balance and a bit more sustainability in uh, in how we we do it um I would love for you, incredible panel, to, to introduce yourself and share a bit of your experience and how you started in this industry and, and where you are at the moment. Um, let's start with you, Claire. Share a bit more about your experience.
3: Thanks, Cammy. Um Hi, everyone. Uh, my name is Claire. I live in London. I currently, um, I work for a experience company called Perna Ricard. Um, I've been in hospitality probably for, actually 20 years, which Makes me realize I think I'm older than I think I am. Um, I I started. I still I tell people young.
1: I'm 27. I'm going to say. I'm almost 34. 34. I think I can but get But I think away 27 20. is a good age. I keep <laughs> on being like, I'm 27. No, I'm not.
3: <laughs> just going to stick with it like no one knows um but yeah i was super young i i started um i started working in burger king when i was like 14 or 15 um which was like my first taste of hospitality um i then went into i was nice. i was in hotels i was a waitress um i worked in like really rough pubs <laughs> um up, yes. up, uh, that's when i was in up north like super rough pubs where everything happened um it's i then went to in, like nightclubs no, that was hull. Of
4: course it was hull. <laughs> That's our neck of the woods, right? Okay.
3: Yeah, see. And then I moved to Sheffield for uni and then I was in kind of like bars and nightclubs. But then I, I really I, I realized I wanted to learn how to make drinks. Um I could I, you know, I could do like six GNTs and six pints really quickly. Um but yeah, I wanted to learn yes. how to make cocktails, so started moving on to that. But I was um I was in management for a long time. I think it's one of those things that I think girls really veer towards, not to be like, uh, you know. I think we're very organised as a bunch of people. <laughs> like, I think we, it's one of those things I think we naturally um, kind of like direct to. We just seem to have this kind of natural compass of organisation. So uh, a lot of a lot of the women I work with are always the ones in charge. <laughs> um, uh, all these all these incredible women, um, and yeah, and then I, I moved to Manchester, and I started um, kind of taking I guess cocktail making a bit more seriously and started doing a few more competitions and then I started to win a few so then I, and then I moved down to London and then I was in um, I was in Milk and Honey um, for for a year and then I went to Kalu uh, Calais so kind of very two which Des will know and Alex will know what they were both like uh, they're two very different venues so yeah kind of dipped my toe in almost almost everything Amazing. I think.
1: And I think that's incredible. You know, you had an experience from, like, all different style of venues to, you know, different position, And I think that this is what one of your strengths is, to really understand what it means to be, like, front of the house, back of the house, you know, like, behind the bar, um, et cetera, as a manager, et cetera, et cetera. Amazing. And what about you, Alex? Share a bit more of your journey. Um,
4: so I have been in hospitality since I was about 15, 14, Um, I started working in a, an Italian restaurant. Um, back, yeah, yeah. So, I can't remember. Like, 10, 10, 11, Um, just pot washing, and then I eventually got onto the floor. I realised I kind of liked it, and then um, I worked in the pub for a bit, um, and then after I I went to university, didn't like it. Left after about four months, and then um, I got a message from my uncle who um who runs a company called Heads, Hearts and Tails, um. So I worked with them for a couple of months for like London Cocktail Week two thousand and fifteen, I believe. I uh, got my first taste of London. Uh, went back home and realised I didn't want to be at home, so I moved to. I literally moved to London at like after like two days of booking a train. Um, I went to work for London Cocktail Club. Uh, was there for a year and a half. I think I think as a youngster, so I was twenty at the time. Uh, as a youngster, you kind of like throw yourself into the whole drink drugs sex rock and roll whatever and you kind of get caught up in it um, and I remember my first six months of being at LCC I, I absorbed it all and I realized that it was it was kind of like tearing me apart and um, I think I woke up about six months in it was about the June time and I, um, I was hung over I realized what I was doing was I was getting drunk at work leaving work going for a drink get like going home waking up an hour before work going into work and it was just a constant cycle I wasn't really doing anything with my life so I kind of decided to reform myself so I decided to like, start setting an alarm going to the gym going for runs uh, eating healthily only drinking one two days a week nice. um I think the be- I think the downfall is when you can drink at work as well is that you don't like whilst you are respectful of it sometimes you do go a bit overboard and I think it's um, it's different I think it's different now where I work. Um, but then I moved, I went to Calais for a year um, I worked with the lovely Claire best over there um, and then I have been at the Artesian at the Langham for about two and a half years now coming up to um, which is amazing uh, with such a lovely team. Um, I think the best part about it is that because I think because you because you can't drink on shift, especially in, in a hotel bar um, like that, especially when you're providing such such service standards, I think one of the mm-hmm. benefits is that the, your, you maintain your professionalism. I think professionalism is something that is that we. I think sometimes we forget about as bartenders when we're um, when we're are able to drink, um, and I think it's it's so nice. It's a breath of fresh air not being able to drink. I mean, most bartenders would take that as as a curse, I guess. Uh, but it's you know, it's been great, and I think because of the, the mixture of shifts, etc., over the last couple of years, I've definitely gone into. Like running I've definitely picked up running um over the last kind of six months or so. I've always loved that I go to the gym, we always make sure we're healthy we keep like a um like a team um team session every week of like chatting about um kind of our like health and well being um i think it's it's just really important um I think it's about
1: it. That's so great that you're doing that as a team, and being able to share, you know, what you're going through, but also best practices, and that. and I think that's really interesting because just yeah. you know, listening to to you, Claire, like your story, and, and you, Alex, like we all started so young. I think I, I mean, the first job in the restaurant that I got, I was 14 years old, and it was the same, you know, like. And I think that because we started super super young, and then like kind of like dive into into our. Uh, world in, uh, in this industry, we we not really equipped. You know, when you're 18 years old and you're trying to navigate and trying to understand the industry, you're not really equipped in like like what balance means, and you don't mm-hmm. really understand the impact Definitely. of drinking too much on uh, on your body and uh, and your mind. Um, what about you, Daisy? Share a bit more of uh, of your journey. Um, uh,
2: well, I'm be a late late bloomer, then, man. I started um, I started bartending 18. Um, so That's still in, like, very, day, very young. Very yeah. young. So in so 1998, uh, uh, my first ever job was at, at Weatherspoons. Um, it, it was an opening. Ironically, it was like the, one of the best training sessions ever. Like, I learned how to carry three plates, learned how to pour a pint, bits and bobs, you know, just real basic stuff. But I still bring it now to like my training peeps. Um, I used to watch cocktail every day. Before my shift, just to gear me on to get me going. Um, then, but not 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 so much for that bar. But there's a bar called um, Hyde Rock um, Chicago Rock Cafe, which was part of Luminar Laser back in the day, which was uh, one of the biggest entertainment companies in Europe at the time. So this was been two thousand. Um, so that's Kingsley moved to Northampton for a bit, managed a few bars down there. Moved to Cardiff for a while. Uh, then moved to Egypt to open up a club then finally wow. got to London um um so London I had I was working in the Met Bar that was my first ever job so the Met Bar was good first first um taste of five-star hotel um so again like I've been I've been brought up through pubs little restaurants little cocktail bar kind of things but yeah Met Bar was the first five-star hotel so that properly clean me up as a bartender because I was a pretty messy bartender. I'm not going to lie to you. So obviously when you're paying 15 pounds for a cocktail, you don't want half of that drink spilling on, on the bar. Um, so that there was that, then I moved on to, then I was at Kalu, followed by managing lab and El Camion and then LCC. So all these were big, high volume party bars. Um, so pretty much most, that was most of, that was a good 10, 12 years of my life like that. Then I moved out to Malaysia. Then I literally had to move out of London because I was literally, yeah, partying too hard. And yeah, it would have been bad. So I took a choice and uh, got a job opportunity moving to Malaysia in KL and got out there, cool. got fat. And then um, <laughs> unfortunately, Delicious I got Always yeah, a that's good time. That's, that's, that's another story. And then I, I moved back. Since then, I've been a Lucky Cane and I'm um, currently residing. Then went back to Caloo for a bit. And then I'm um, currently residing in um, a lovely Peruvian restaurant, which is nice and short. But yeah, that's it me. amazing. Like 20, 20 years of a hospital.
1: Incredible. Yeah. And I think, you know, Oliver sharing our experience, mine was, uh, was quite similar. I work in like restaurant in in France in so many different places. And then I moved to Australia and I started working in cocktail bars. And then I came to London, um, worked at ECC and, uh, and different places. And uh, as well as working for Saint-Germain and, uh, and spending my entire career in, uh, in this industry. And I think what's quite interesting is, I mean, some of us and definitely more like, for example, in France, there's, uh, there's definitely like school that you can go to when you will learn about the hospitality industry and, and get trained for that. But a lot of us have actually learned by working, you know, so many of us actually yeah. worked in bars and restaurants while being at university and then realized that that was way more fun and we were loving it so much more than like stayed in that industry. But we kind of learn, you know, on the spots and uh, by the people that we work with, the venues that we worked out. And I think one thing yeah, that definitely. like we we're not taught from the beginning is how to find balance and how to build a healthier lifestyle to be able to keep this career more sustainable and how to handle stress. I think that even though it is such a fun industry and it's a beautiful industry, we all know that like it's an industry that where you find yourself in quite stressful situation just by the fact that like you're super busy, that like the, the customer are quite, you know, demanding and definitely have a lot of expectation. And like, you know, if you, if you worked on the floor before, you know, that you're going to be like between the kitchen, who's like super busy and the the customer who are like super hungry and want food right now. And it's the same behind the It's Like you kind of have to manage a little bit of like being always under a little bit of stress and definitely with a lot of like adrenaline. And I think that's like that's, you know, combined with very, very long shift, with different hours. Um it's it's kind of like you need to learn the tool on how to handle that. And we all like, you know, study and looked at like classic cocktail books and uh, and learn from like so many different people. And I'm sure many of you have learned like, you know, your classic in uh, in so many books. But like none of that was given to us when we started in the industry. Like what will happen to you if you drink every single night and how you will feel in the morning and how it will impact not only like your, your physical well-being, but also your mental health in the long run, etc etc and i think that this is something that us as leader in the industry we have to share more and more and we have to teach the tools on what how you can find balance i would love if you could share yeah. a bit of uh, of how how it was for you and how you know did you have one moment when like as you were saying alex like you woke up and you're like okay that's yeah. it i can't take this anymore or did you you know was it something that like of over time you decided that you know you were about to turn 40 maybe you know and you wanted to find a bit more balance and change a few things in your lifestyle like i would love if you can share a bit of like what was your journey in, in finding this balance and learning those tools um alex do you want to do you want to start as you kind of like started to to touch base on yeah that? um
4: i think as i said like so i, I was what 20 to turned 21 um when i was when i was at ltc and obviously be like i think i think the thing is that when you're in that kind of like party bar high volume environment you feel like you're invincible right you feel like like you are you're you're on, you're on the main stage every night of the week you're like you are you are tom cruise in cocktail you are that person who's like behind the bar and getting all the attention it's coming to and i think you get to the point where you're like cuz you get so you get so caught up in it i think you end up pressing the sub destruct button that's all that happens. I think I was, I was going out every night of the week because I thought that I was an invincible 21 year old and I was going off and doing all like the drink and the explicit, et cetera. And I think I got to to the point where I said, I woke up on, I woke up in sometime like June, probably like made like May, June time. And I realized that I, I wasn't doing anything productive with my life at the time. I know I was, I was working mental hours and, but I realized that apart from work, I wasn't actually achieving anything that I wanted to. Um, and so I thought that it was like if I if I carry on, then I know I'm going to end up like going just round in circles. Um, and so I thought that if I if I could kind of revamp myself, um, I could actually achieve something. And um, I think we've spoken about this in the past, where which gets to that point where you do fix yourself and you start kind of setting an alarm and getting up and being productive. And even even if it's like going to your weekly shop before work you start achieving other things in your life. So, like, as soon as I kind of reformed myself, within six months, I'd never never bartended before anyway, like cocktail bartended. So, within six months of LTC, I'd gone from bar back to bar manager once I kind of reformed myself. Was bar was bar manager at LTC for a year uh, and then got my dream job at Kalou, which I'd loved ever since I was the 20-year-old who moved to London. And then within, with it being a year at Kalou, still kind of with that practice of that healthy mindset and going and doing my exercise every day. And um I think there's a really good um uh really good quote actually Aaron Wall, um, big shout out to Aaron, um, actually taught me when I was at LCC, so he took over as our kind of training manager. Um and he said to me, It's it's, it's a little thing, it's the really, really little things that you can class as a win, right? So it's if you're in the tube station, do you stand on the escalator or do you walk up it? It's like that little win if you even if you go for a five minute run, that's still a still a little win. And I think it's these little wins that if you build up, you can turn them into big wins. Um it is about setting those goals. Um and I think that's really important. So I think if you kind of have that in mind mindset, you start achieving more in life. Um, like I wouldn't I wouldn't be where I am today if I hadn't kind of reformed my myself that that June, I guess. Absolutely. Um and yeah.
1: And I think And I think that, like, that's something that I share with bartenders a lot, and especially because I do think that, like, you know, the the bartending role has evolved so much. Like, we have so many opportunities to travel, to work in loads of different, you know, places, et cetera, et cetera. But if if you, like roll into this industry without a plan and kind of like get caught up in partying too much and yeah. waking up every day with the hangover, you're just not going to be successful. You're not going to be able to yeah. to become the manager of the places that you work at. You're not going to be able to open your dream bar that you always wanted to yeah. do. You're not going to be able to to get that role in the industry that like you you've been working so hard for because you're kind of like shooting yourself in your in your foot, you know. So um so I it's think so that so like having yeah, having, a, having like understanding that, that like it's not because we work in a hospitality industry that that means we need to party every night. We might be, you know, creating the party for our guests or creating this like fun environment for our guests. That doesn't mean we have to take part of it every single night for ourselves. Yeah. Um. I really love what you said about the small win. I think that's something that is so important and I think that a lot of people will give up. You know, they'll be like, oh, like, only I can't go to the gym for an hour before work. Well, just, you know, do a few stretches at home hour. for You're like half 10 hour. minutes. Do you have an hour? Exactly. Um, I would love like, for you it to share. Like
4: walk, walking to work.
1: Yeah, walking to work yeah, is a, is right, a yeah. really
4: good one. Ruth, um, Ruth here in the comments just said about, uh, sorry, about the uh, little, little wins. I think it's like, it's literally it's the smallest things in life that you might like, take for granted, but it's things like doing an, uh, doing half an hour's worth of gardening, right? Like there are Absolutely. so many people throughout um, lockdown have gone into their gardening and bought plants, bought house plants, and even if you spend half an hour in your morning touching nature, right? You go like mm-hmm. go for a walk, like we've got Hampstead Heath literally like next to us, going for a walk to Hampstead Heath for ten minutes and walking back again is so kind of um brightening for your day that you could just like it's a little win and it, it is those little wins going back to the roots that give you that motivation to do those little mm-hmm. little things and it, they build up like building blocks i guess
1: absolutely and i think that like they are the little wins and they're also the first thing that follow out of the window as soon as like you're not feeling good and I mean like even myself you know and we will talk more about lockdown and and how you've been doing during lockdown but even myself like last week I definitely felt like the the lockdown blues like you know I'm still spending more time at home and working from home and, uh, and it was a week of like feeling really really heavy and like and just like losing like motivation and everything and I had to go back to making sure that like I was eating well I was sleeping enough I was drinking enough water I was getting some fresh air I was doing some exercising and it's almost like coming back to like your foundation, you know, and I think that's really, yeah. really essential. Um, Daisy, De- do you want to share a bit of like your journey and how you oh, my, you my journey? Out? Well, ironically, like I
2: got- it was, it was literally probably the last four months literally that I pretty much changed. So it's crazy because I, like, so with my whole bartending career, like I started managing, very young i think like the first place i managed was at the age of 22. so at that time it was actually quite you know for me it was as a, as, a, as a young kid i was like always trying to be the best i can you know perform like in anywhere i was working so probably for the next for the eight next eight years you know it was good managing but then i wanted to i'd, I'd done all that i'd become like gm i'd done everything and i thought i'm not enjoying it i just wanted to go back to bartending so so he went back to bartending, and that's probably where, and then moving to London, and obviously working in those high volume bars. Um, yeah, yeah, like managing Lab, um, LCC straight after, then El Camion. That's like nine years of just yeah intense craziness. Um, hmm. But yeah, it got it got dark, man. I, 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 yeah. I, I've I've always in, in like at the age of eight. 16 I was you know I was depressed um um yeah there was like self-harming lots of self-harming and that was still going on till I don't know probably 35 34 um and it got really bad once and um and uh one of my friends had to come and like literally save me um in my house um she knows who she is um I do, wow. I, do I do I do chat to her quite a lot but, um, yeah, it was at that point, it was just, I just need to, I just need to, like, re- leave London, um, which I did. Um, and I loved Kale, don't get me wrong. I, I would still be in Kale if I didn't get deployed. Again, that's another story. Um, but, um, yeah, man, I was enjoying it too much. So I was getting fat uh, because the food is amazing. But, um, again, obviously <laughs> moving back to London, moving back to London, yeah. Um, it just started, it wasn't, it wasn't continuation, but I could just see it kind of coming back to how it was. And then obviously lockdown kicked in. And um, then it was, it was at that point. I was just like, look, this is a perfect opportunity for me. Like, like trying to find positives. Like obviously it was a bad time for a lot of people. Yeah. Um, no, like No one had work and whatnot, but um, like for me, I don't even got home. So that was one thing. And like me, Suffering from depression and drinking on my own. I don't. I don't have a communal area in my in my house, so I was. I would have literally been on my own because I lived with two other couples, so they yeah. kept themselves and like drinking and me being on my own. Now nah, it just wouldn't have been good. So yeah, I literally went 100, 114 days without alcohol. Um, and then I think Ooh, it was oh, the wow. first month, yeah, it was good. Man, it? it's, it's the longest I've, which I went for a long. Yeah, pretty much the longest I've been sober probably for 20 years, um, because I've probably been Amazing. tipsy for the last 20 years. Um, but then I think month in, I just started noticing that I was kind of losing a little bit of weight, and I was like, oh, hello. Because obviously I'm not going out drinking five beers a day or five Guinnesses a day, you know. And then I thought, right, I'm going to start eating healthy, which I, mean, I did a lot of cooking over, um, over lockdown and, like, cooking real rich, heavy cream food, which obviously stopped um like cut sugar out of my diet went on a slow, super low carb diet started running i couldn't even run for a bus like <laughs> before lockdown and um but i'm running five miles now five miles like pretty much every other day um actually went for a run right. before this today got up nice and early and like bish bosh um yeah i lost i lost 16 kilos in total over the space of wow, over right, the space of um Yeah, over the space of three months. So going back, so this is where the balance is. Like when when I'm at home, it's easy. But as you said, like when you're working in a bar, you've got that temptation all around. you. It's always there. And it's, so my my sober streak ended. I think I'd worked a week and I was on it because especially everyone's low staff. And I was working on my own at the bar, worked a 16-hour shift. I sat, finished, finally, after everyone else was sat there having drinks. With my soda in line, and lime, I was like, "Man, I'm gonna have a glass of wine. I, I need to. I need to treat myself. So this is another thing that I'm looking at now. So again, like I'm drinking probably only like two times a week now. Um, I'm trying to keep it in tide with my cheat days, maybe, um, but maybe more like for a Friday, Saturday when it's really busy and I feel like I really actually deserve one. Um, and I'm trying to change the whole persona. So like instead of going oh my god that was a really horrible shift i need to go out for a drink and get smashed just kind of coming out of and going oh that was a busy shift we made through it we're still alive let's treat yourself to a wife or something like that yeah and i think that's really
1: important yeah yeah yeah. so
2: more of a more of a treat than a
1: yeah
2: yeah and i think that's pretty much me now at the moment.
1: Which is amazing, and thank you so much for for sharing your your journey and your experience and being so so open and uh, and I think that like unfortunately in our industry um, too often we use alcohol as um, a way of copying, you know, a coping mechanism to mm. handle situation, and it seems to be the answer for everything. It's like. We made it through the night. Let's have a shot. I mean, what, many places where I worked yeah. at um, at midnight, we would have a shot all together as a team to be like, OK, we were closing at 3 a.m. And it was like, OK, you know, we we made it like at least like more than half through the shift. So let's have a shot together. And I think that like very often alcohol seems to be the celebration, seems to be like, yeah. you know, the the way of like, if like, you know, you're having a bad shift, you're having a bad night, you're upset about something, you're just going to throw alcohol onto that. And actually, too often, um, it's making the situation worse. You know, it's impacting your your physical um, well-being, your mental well-being, your sleep, yeah, your sure. energy level, like everything. And I think that like um, we really have so much work to do in our industry on changing and empowering our relationship with alcohol you know not saying that like alcohol is is the bad guy but actually yes our work is like you know um around alcohol even though i do believe that like in the hospitality industry the dna of what we do is an alcohol but it's hospitality i think at some point we're gonna to have to move yeah. the needle back into like where it actually is and what we do is providing service to make sure that everyone feels welcome and comfortable and have an amazing experience it's not just throwing alcohol down the throat of every single guest that walk into the bar um but i do think that like we we need to empower our relationship to alcohol. So we turn that into a a positive drinking experience rather than something that we are, um, we don't have much control over and we are, um, you know, kind of like, like being stuck in because of habit or because of what other people are doing in the industry. And I think that like, us as like, you know, leaders in the industry, that's also something that we need to do and something that we need to change. I mean, I remember doing a guest shift here in the bar in London not so long ago and making a cocktail to um, for someone, like a group of like, you know, people in the industry and getting like tip with drugs. <laughs> and I was like, i I'm, I'm working, so thank you very much, but no thank you very much. Like what how, in Jeez. which world supposed to be a gift Are you? is it supposed to am I supposed to be happy about this and I was just like what is going on in our industry you know like you're giving me you what you know and I think that like that is what we need to change and instead of like feeling like I have so many people in this industry so many of my friends that I've said I had to run away from London London was bad to me London was just you, yeah. you know like Bit like shining my, my demons and like challenging me and triggering me so much. And I think that actually we need to change the industry. We need to say, well, this is unacceptable. This is not okay behavior. No, I don't want that. And without doing it in a way that like, you know, it's just calling people out, but actually leading by example. And that's what you guys are doing, showing like how you can do that in the industry and how you can be a talented, successful, you know, Person in hospitality industry without having to like get caught up in a in a in the craziness. I mean, I remember um, talking with um with uh, Simon Ford when I studied in the industry, and him saying to me, "You know, Cammy, being a bartender is the closest um, that you can get to the lifestyle of being a um a rock and roll like star. You know, like a like like a superstar on the road." And I was like, "Okay." He also said, "Bartenders are like um." Like you know, star rock and roll star that were too too lazy to learn to how to play a music instrument. So I think that like we have this like this reputation of like being like you know on the stage hosting the show being. But actually, I really believe that like we will be even better in our in our industry and in what we do if we do it from a place of hospitality, from a place of like wanting people to have a good experience, um, and and for us to 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 really. Lead by example in in the way that like we we work in this industry. Um, Claire, I would love to for you to share your experience because I know that also for you now working for um, an alcoholic company, um, it's something it's a balance that is completely different. Something that like I myself um, had to find and really also what's led me to to wanted to do this work in the hospitality industry and at, at teaching people how to to find more balance. Um, Share a bit more about your journey on, uh, on finding balance. And even I know we talked a bit about your your lockdown experience, if you want to share that as well.
3: Um, yeah, I'm a little bit like dead. Ooh, I, I think, think you're it... on mute. Sorry. Oh, no. Can you hear me? Can you hear me? No. Yeah. I can, I can hear you. Can you hear me? I can hear you. Yeah. No,
1: we can't hear you. We can hear you. Oh, I can, I can hear, hear you. Perfect. Oh, yeah, okay. Maybe, right.
2: you maybe it was... Hello. <laughs> <laughs>
3: um yeah I'm a little bit like um Des I didn't find balance at all until like very recently I had um just to kind of touch on it my mother's actually in recovery so I had a very bad um, experience of childhood with with relationships uh, relationship is probably the best way to put it with alcohol so I didn't drink when I was younger um I think I probably discovered it in a very irresponsible fashion in my 20s um yeah. Yeah, I was really irresponsible, really bad. I'd no, no, there was no word of balance. There was no, oh maybe you. Sh- there was no consideration of you should look after yourself a little bit better. I just went in, um, and then it was oh, probably same. until yeah, like I just, I. For, it was fun. Um, again, you'd use it if you were in a, like a, like a coping megan- mechanism. It was probably until I moved to London in the last couple of years that I started maybe not being. I have a habit as well. Like uh, I have a drink in my hand, it will go very quickly. And I noticed this. I noticed like I was I was kind of matching my boyfriend, who's Irish, so the man can drink. So, you know, I noticed it. Like I was, and I was like, hmm, that's something to think about. And then because I had these difficulties when I was younger, it didn't particularly make me a great person when I was drunk. You know, these kind of behaviours would come out of me, and. I wouldn't be a particularly good girlfriend. I wouldn't be a particularly good friend. And I didn't do this at work, but I did this kind of, you know, outside of work and whatnot. And I noticed that and I really, I've made like a big change to to move away from that. Cause I mean, you know, it definitely affected relationships hundred percent. So, um, and you feel embarrassed by, you know, it kind of makes you feel, you know, just a little bit sad about it. Um, yeah. So it wasn't until recently. And I was saying before, like I, I was really all or nothing like i was just like to one end of the extreme because i think if if i I found it easier it's easier to be like i'm not gonna drink at all i'm gonna stay away from everything or you know just kind of like during lockdown i would monday to friday i would work and i would stay away from booze so friday i could really look forward to the weekend like this was peak lockdown when we couldn't go anywhere because i was like yay friday's here we can do stuff you know and like I'm 34. Like a hangover feels like something now. Like it's not like when I was twenty-four, like it hurts. Like, you know, I realized I was like, I you know, and then since being in lockdown, like I run like five, 10k a day now, and I never did that before. So um, I, yeah, I get and if I'm hungover, I can't even get up. I can't even speak. Like it's just you realize like how bad it must be for you to get to that point. And it's just, you know, I've just started realizing that like drinking more water especially when drinking alcohol and um just ex- excessive drinking just like not doing that at all drinking low abv has been a huge thing for me now because i've realized i can have a couple yeah. and it won't feel like anything but if you have like i don't know you have a martini in manhattan you're going to feel it like you're going to start feeling the effects of it yeah um you then eat a little bit you do you eat worse like you eat bad and maybe you have a cigarette or just it's all these kind of like things kind of tie into it so I've just started and it has it has only really been since lockdown because it started to really affect my sleep and then when it started to really affect my sleep it then really started to affect me mentally and then obviously lockdown must have had an effect on everybody mentally I think you know it's kind of been easy for anybody it's that that's why I was Mm -hmm. like whatever makes you happy in lockdown go do it like you know but as long as it's not detrimental to your health I guess but um yeah just trying to find now it's like if I share a bottle of wine with uh, my partner that's fine you know what I mean I don't feel the need to go for like another three you know I don't feel yeah. the need to go further like before it was like if I had one then I had a taste for it but now it's like I can have a couple but the next day I can get up I can go for a run I can still eat good I can still sleep a lot better um yeah. but yeah this was like this definitely didn't come to me before before re- very recently the whole time of me being in hospitality I don't think there was even the suggestion to of, to myself of maybe you should take it easy maybe you
4: should
2: yeah, do that
3: maybe yeah. you should have some balance it was it was it wasn't it was either I was really good and I would like you know do exercise and drink lots of water or I was really bad <laughs> and you know I just and then the bad times don't last that long so you forget about it the next time you decide to yeah. go out and you're like party time and then it's just, like and there's nothing for wrong with that
2: days. like yeah. hung and you, for you remember days and like, okay. and hung like, over for like a yeah. few
3: days. like what is this like this is awful and then yeah it's just now it's like like tonight for example i might go for um like a Sega pasta and wine i just have like one glass of wine and go home and like i'm really looking forward to it rather than being like time to go around and party like it's yeah, but it's yeah. it very much has only been a thing since lockdown. It wasn't, did not have any kind of feeling about it before.
1: And I think that like, if there is one, you know, I mean, we absolutely, lockdown has been so challenging and has affected people around the world, you know, so much. But I think that like, if there is any silver lining or hidden gifts that, that we can find in this whole situation is we had the time to sit down and more probably to think a bit more than usual, to have the space and the time to do so. And I do believe that like becoming a mindful drinker and changing your relationship with alcohol begins with awareness. Like, I think that we could yeah. share all our different journey and how we find balance for ourselves, et cetera, et cetera. But the key here is to understand what works for you. Maybe not working, like, you know, not drinking while you're working throughout the week and then having something on the weekend will work for you. And it didn't really work for you, Claire, because it was going from one extreme to another. Mm-hmm. You know, for me, like, I drink very, very little. And actually, my journey as a as a mindful drinker um, evolve and change so much. You know, for you, Daisy, it was like, it was very much of a you needed to cut it out f- for a certain amount of time to be able to change that and to reassess that. And I think that like, it's important to, to understand and to really sit down and say, okay, how do I feel? What makes me feel good? What is the celebration that makes me feel good when I celebrate, but also the day after when I, when I wake up, because if you wake up feeling crap, if you wake up with like anxiety created by the hangover, you're just not having a good time. That's kind of like, you know, spoiling this amazing time that, that you had the, Denied before um you touched it's
2: it's, um, it's also like um so like the whole like the not drinking thing i mean like that that started off just with like uh, no drinking then obviously i saw myself losing weight and then i saw then i changed my life a little bit then i lost that weight obviously nothing happened straight overnight but once it's like having that goal as you said alex you know it's it's yeah you have that goal and then once you've reached those, like I, I actually don't want to drink now because I work so hard to lose that weight. You know, I know I yeah. can put that weight straight back on with like, you know, a, a handful of good busy nights with fat food and whatnot. But like once you've reached, once you've hit that first kind of target, I think it becomes a lot more easier as well just to kind of set goals and set targets. Um, it's yeah. always super, yeah. super hard right at the beginning as soon as you hit that first target it's a small step There's small goals exactly what you said
1: yeah Alex, I, and I think yeah. it's also about feeling good I you yeah. you begin to to feel good and you're like oh yeah, actually I feel me. great and you start to feel more connected to yourself and you start to feel like I mean for me I became a mindful drinker because I needed to have clarity I was launching my business I had so many you know dreams and goals for myself and I just couldn't afford to have a hangover you know, yeah, I just have time to for hangovers and I wanted to wake up every day with a clear mind and all my energy to really be able to to be at my fullest, you know. And I think that's like when you change your relationship with alcohol, that's what you start discovering is actually tapping into your full potential, feeling good because, you know, life is short and, you know, we all want to live well. And I think that, like, by drinking well and eating well, which are actually the foundation of your well being, then you begin to feel so much better. Like, you can go, and I think in our industry, there's a little bit of that at the moment. is like, I'm going to go hard on one extreme, but then that's fine. I go to the gym every day. Well, yeah. actually, go to the gym every day um, but you drink too much every night and you eat crap food and you finish your shift and you have three beers five shot and a pizza you're still gonna feel terrible in the morning even though you're going to the gym even though you might you know practice yoga or meditate or whatever you're doing you're still gonna feel crap and I think that like it's yeah. about being more mindful it's about bringing this mindfulness into every single aspect of your life um, we have just a few minutes, so I would love for us to, to wrap up and maybe for you guys to share what you think we should, we should change, you know, in the industry, what we can improve just in a few words um, on things you would like to see in the industry a bit more. Maybe it's a bit more support um, and a bit more understanding in the industry of like, we don't have to drink that much. We don't have to party all the time or something that like you mm-hmm. would like to, to see evolve in our industry. Claire, do you want um, to start? Okay.
2: Um,
3: Yeah, I guess just I think it's exactly that. I think, you know, we we get inundated with like these amazing trainings and trips and stuff like that. And they're really awesome. But I think it would be I love what you're doing. I think it's such a message to get through to people. And I think Aaron used to do this, actually, with us at Clue. And he kind of, you know, what made you feel good today? What kind of win that you did? And it did make you feel better for your shift. Like you might have had a shot a little bit later, but maybe you didn't um, indulge. Um, I think it's, uh, I think those, that kind of message and work, I don't know, maybe it's talks and workshops, like in the venue, maybe it's like, right guys, we've got it every month. We're going to like go in on like why sleep is important, why you should be drinking more water, what exercise, like do, do you feel comfortable with? And I think it, you're completely right. It's what do you, what makes you feel good? And just to really focus on that and just, um, yeah. put just focus positive energy on what makes you feel good.
2: Yeah, for yeah, sure.
1: Alex what would you like um, to see I think there needs to be more support
4: for younger younger people coming into the industry I think, like a grassroots program almost where you turn around and you go like cool you've, you've just decided you want to prove a cocktail bar and no you don't have to drink every night no you don't have to order a, t- a kebab at 3 a.m and no you don't have to like go out and do all the drugs in the world like, it's just it's turn around to turn around to the, the 20, 21 hours and going do you know what you're gonna be brilliant at your job because we're going to be a support you, and we want to make sure that you're being healthy and looking after yourself um, and going, Absolutely. right, so here's, here's how you can do that. Like, yes, you've just finished a 12-hour shift, but here's how you can wake up early tomorrow morning and go for that run or go to the gym or go into go for a walk in a park. That's all you need to do. Um Absolutely. I think it's just about support, supporting the next generation of bartenders um, and hospitality professionals.
1: Absolutely, we have so much work to do on mentoring the the new generation and uh, and showing how it is to be a buttoner, you know, the buttoning two whatever we want to call it. But we we need yes. to teach new generation the tools so they don't have to to make the same mistake that we made at the at the beginning of our career for sure. What about you, Daisy?
2: Um, I think like what I've noticed as well, like no, I, maybe I'm not going to the right places, but um, just a um, more. Variety of low uh, ABV cocktails, man. Um, yeah, just because, like, I'm, 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 yeah, I'm trying to cut, like, just be that, beyond that level. I don't really want to be drinking the the yeah. big ballsy. I mean, I do, but not every day. If that makes yeah. sense, like, you know, if, if I finish, like, I, I, I literally walked past Kalu yesterday. I went, oh no, I'm gonna get on a bus. I could have spent an hour in Kalu you know but i didn't and it was good and that i know if i went there i would have had a happy meal um <laughs> when would have been a beer shot on a daiquiri and and that's like three drinks just straight there and i don't yeah last time i went i actually had so a much a one, a
3: like,
2: yeah yeah exactly Oh if there was an option of a, a low ABV. Absolutely. And-
1: really
3: good idea. It's a really good point.
1: And I, and I think that, like, this is what we're trying to build. We're trying to expand, you know, the no the and low category. We're trying to – I do a lot of trainings on why it is so important to have a non-alcoholic and a low ABV offer on menus. Um, yeah, yeah, I also yeah. think that bars needs to to also provide option for their staff. You know, have, buy yeah. buy a, a case of like non-alcoholic beer to give option to like your staff at the end of the night. To have something that is non-alcoholic. You know, st- stock some of like the amazing non-alcoholic aperitif for people to have. You know, a non-alcoholic spritz if they want to. I think that like yeah. we need to educate ourselves and to expand our knowledge into the no and low category for ourselves as you know industry professional. And for our customer as well, um, I think that's amazing. You know, tips and advice that uh, that you share, guys. Um, thank you so much for joining this uh, this conversation and for thank sharing you. your experience. Um, it was amazing to be able to to share all this, like you know, different uh, stories and and uh, our journey in the industry. And hopefully that will inspire some uh, some people to to begin their journey of becoming a mindful drinker and finding more balance in that uh, in their you know in their profession. Because I think that that's the way to make it more sustainable we we lose too many talent in our industry because people are not able to like keep on doing this job just because they feel burnout because they end up with like you know um addictive relationship with alcohol and drugs etc we also lost way too many people in our industry way too many of our mentors of our leaders in our industry way too soon because they didn't know how to find the balance and i think that it's our responsibility to find balance for ourselves, but also to lead by example and to mentor the new generation, so we can keep on, like you know, rising the the bar for this incredible industry that that we work in. So thank you yeah. so much, everyone. Um, thank you. Have an amazing day
0: so thanks for joining us on the club soda podcast you can find more about club soda we are at join club soda across social media uh, and you can find everything else at joinclubsoda.com do like and subscribe wherever you get podcasts and why not share this podcast with a friend your recommendation to other people helps us grow this mindful drinking movement and reach more people who want to cut down take a break or stop drinking altogether we'll be back next week i'll be here with my co-founder Laura and we will look forward to catching up with you then. Cheers.